This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Dr- oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go again. <laughs> so, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Good midday and welcome to episode three, zero, seven of the Down That Dunk podcast. I am Luke. On this podcast today are Andrew, Jay, and Taylor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is a little bit of a strange kind of process today. It's a snow day and uh, we are all coming to you live from our computers individually. We did not get together this morning because we had a whole inch and a half of snow in Oklahoma City, which means that our city is shut down. <laughs> Nobody Every school, move. Everybody's school is canceled. Nothing's going on, but that's all right. We're going to bring you some thunder and NBA stuff. And, uh, you know, not the greatest of weeks uh, for, the, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've played three games on the road as part of this January stretch. And... They've lost all three of them. They lost to the Bucks, the Hornets, and then they lost last night to the Rockets. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? What's what? What are you? Uh, what's what's going on? Last night, Josh Hustis went five of seven from three against the Reno Bighorns. Twenty-three points, oh, seven rebounds. Also, uh, Cameron We're... Payne, twenty-two points on six of seven from three, four assists, two fouls. I like. I like three. how we're starting with. We're starting with the good stuff first. <laughs> this, uh, we're starting with the with the blue game. Starting with the blue game. Uh, for real though, bring jo- activate Josh Eustace and Cameron Payne. Bring him back. Yeah. Send Singular to the D League and Samaj Christian. Just put Singular in a suit, man. Flame yeah, it, dice yeah. suit. Uh, anyway, the Thunder that, that game <laughs> last night was really. It was such a weird game. They started out the game on fire. They were up by as many as 14 in the first quarter, which that dwindled down by the end of the quarter to like five. Uh, Played a horrible second quarter, really horrible beginning of the third quarter. Uh, A lot of it at the hands of Samaje Christian, who uh, is, I don't know, like Cameron Payne is going to help this team so much. And it also, it kind of makes me wonder, like, do they really want to trade him? I know that they do, and I know that he keeps setting up in trade rumors, but I just feel like he can help this team so much. Uh, He can hit threes. He's not going to be a ball stopper. He can dribble the ball below his waist. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of things that he can bring, and I would like to see that happen before he gets traded for Rudy Gay. And the hard thing for me is, like, it doesn't take a lot to be able to watch this Thunder team and say – they have a significant drop off at the point guard position. Like, I don't know what his VORP or what Russ's VORP is. And it's going to be skewed because he's by far the best player on a team. But like, it just, every time they get a lead and then they go to the, to the Samaj lineup, like it just, they just, it evaporates every time. Yeah, and there's, and there's, for I me, I don't know if there's any lineups that he, there's a positive rating with Samaj. And, and, so for me, it's like if you got rid of Cam, I guess the only reason you'd get rid of him is if you hope that if you got a guy that I guess is Rudy Gay, that you have the flexibility to <laughs> to use some, you know more Oladipo. Like you can spread out those three guys a little bit more, and and 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what to think. Like I've never been a fan of trading cam cam. I know that he's supposedly one of the best chips we have. Um, but I don't know. That just doesn't yeah. get excited. It's confusing to me too, because if you, if, if say there's like cams in a trade for a Paul Millsat, that makes way more sense to me than cam for Rudy gay, because yeah. don't you think cam like coming off the bench and providing depth and providing leadership for a second unit, you know, being the main ball handler and a shooter with that second unit, doesn't that benefit this team more than throwing a Rudy Gay in the starting lineup? Probably. I just don't. I, I just don't understand why they want to trade Cam so bad. Uh, apparently, he's he doesn't want to stay, but that can change. Oh. So, uh, but his hair is incredible right now. He's gotten big, great. man. That's what Andrew and I were talking because I've watched more D League in the last week than I've ever watched and ever will watch ever again. And Cam's gotten a little bit chunky. He's a little doughy. A little doughy, and his hair's gotten really big. And I don't know, man. I think that you're right, Andrew. I think you absolutely nailed it. Is maybe he doesn't want to play because there's some, you know, issues between the management and him. But if he gets on the court and he becomes a huge part of this team and in, in this year, which I I think we all at least hope he will be. Uh, but it seems like he's, he, he could be a really good complimentary piece to this team. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, winning games and having good minutes and playing well alongside really good players, like those things tend to help smooth um, any sort of other issues over. And I don't know. I mean, we Kim doesn't know. None of us know whether or not he has the ability to go and lead a team, right? Reggie proved more up to this point, obviously than cam has. And so I don't know what cam really wants. Yeah, uh, so and I don't know cam second, second season. And yeah. Reggie hadn't proven all that much in his second season, it, but I don't like, that's, what's weird to me. Do you think the Kings are going to be all in with campaign as their future point guard after knowing how he played for really a one rookie season? The one thing that we have to like take into account is that, all these teams scout all these players through the draft process. And so they kind of, they know way more about these players That's than, true. than just what's happening on the basketball court in the NBA. So they, yeah, they may have, they may have wanted them or worked them out. You know, I don't, I don't remember if the Kings did or not, or yeah. I know the nuggets did. That's where he broke his, or was it Phoenix that he broke his foot, but it was Phoenix or his hand, excuse me, or wrist or whatever. Yeah. Uh, um, last night, uh, the thunder played the Rockets and Russell Westbrook was a human torch. He was 8 for 15 from 3. That's a career high and three-pointers made. 49 points on 34 shots. Highly efficient. Uh, he didn't get close to a triple-double. Only five assists and eight rebounds. Uh, but Russ was incredible last night. And it was really fun to watch him and James Harden kind of go at it. You wish that that last shot would have gone down. You also wish that Russell Westbrook would have gone to the basket <laughs> during that last mm-hmm. possession when James Harden got switched on to him. Yeah. Uh, I you knew he like, was taking that though. I know. You knew he was gonna when he had hit eight on the night. You're like, okay, he's gonna try to go for the game winner for I three. Know. It's just infuriating because like when you get James Harden switched on to you, I feel like you should just go at him. Yep. <laughs> only yeah, two people we're... hit three pointers last night. Victor Oladipo and Russell Westbrook were the only ones that made threes last night. Yeah, four of nine for Vic too. I yeah, I don't love Russ shooting that many threes, but I love Vic shooting nine threes. Uh, yeah, he's I been do really too. good. Even though Russ hit fifty three percent of his threes last night, uh, every one of them was like a terrifying shot <laughs> to me. I was like, oh no. Yeah. Well, especially after the the Hornets and the Bucks games, where he made what three out of fifty, it felt like. 
<laughs> it was really bad. The shot was not falling for him. And last night, if Steven Adams just has like a normal game where he plays like normal, good Steven Adams defense and is actually yeah. making just some, some trash buckets, the Thunder would have won. Uh, yeah. But Steven Adams maybe had one of his worst games of the season um, when he's been fully healthy. He, he, he let Nene, he was the way he guarded the pick and roll. It gave Nene, you know, open shots all night. Um, the rim was wide open for uh, the Rockets. And one thing the Rockets did well is defend the paint. I think Russ only had three makes inside the paint last night, which is really unusual. And so it was taking 15 threes, but um, Russ had a really, a really great game, but a really unusual Russell Westbrook game. Mm. That's that was really frustrating last night too, is like the, the Rockets, they don't have Capella. So they're depending on Nene yeah. and Montrez Harrell. Like those are their rim protectors. And Nene is old balls. He only played 17 minutes last night. He had 18 points. Like this is when you need to play like Cantor and, and Steven Adams they need to just be big. And I thought Cantor was really good last night. Um, but yeah, Steve needed to step up like against Nene. Come on. Yeah. That, like that, that was me. the time. That was time. I mean, Robertson had a really good game last night. Again, holding um, James Harden to a low field goal percentage. He was only 37% last night, two of seven from three. Uh, he still had a great line, 26 points, 12 rebounds or 12 assists, uh, eight rebounds. He was still really good. Um, but Fred Katz talks about it on his podcast that he thinks that Robertson's the best a hardened defender in the league, and I couldn't mm. agree more. He's awesome on him. Uh, that that block. Oh, that's what I was about to say, too. Oh, that was infuriating. It was all ball on Nene at the end. Nene actually hit two free throws at the end, which was a little bit surprising. I thought he would at least just get one, but, um, man, that, that was yeah. a clean block from Grant at the end of the game. Uh, we're going to see in the last two minute report today that it should <laughs> that it was a clean block, <laughs> which is going to be great to know that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Well, and it's hard because there there's these key moments in each one of these three games where it just seems like the refs. No, I don't. And I'm not one of those guys. That, I'm not saying they have them out. They have it out for, it, but they just missed like to turn over the Tony Snell out of bounds. Like, yeah. And the fact that some media is like, yep, that's off of Russ. Like literally you there, it wasn't conclusive. There's no way it was conclusive. Right. Right. Yeah. Like that's one of those calls that in any sort of sport and review that you're going to be able to watch it and say, gosh, whatever way it would have been called on the court would have been the way it would have stood. Right. So if they'd have called it off a, of a, off a Russ in the beginning, it would have stayed with Russ. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, I, cause it felt like they both touched it simultaneously. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, last night you had that foul call against Jeremy Grant, which was just stupid. And then they got the rebound, like, but who knows? Like you can't play that out that scenario. He had 0.7 seconds left. Steven Adams was there. Like, who knows? Like more than likely you're going to overtime. And most of the time, like 99% of the time, the refs let that crap go. Yeah. And right. The, like the Thunder's they, margin is just so slim in these wins and losses. And it yeah. is, it is there. I mean, they're seriously almost every game, one bad call from a win or a loss. And the Thunder have been helped out by calls before this season. And these last three games, there's been a lot of seemingly really bad officiating uh, in favor of the other team. But so I feel like that stuff eventually balances out. 
Uh, but it is infuriating. I feel like the officiating this year has been, I don't know if like the league is harder to officiate right now because people are playing so fast and, um, I don't know. I just feel like the officiating just has been really subpar this season and not, not only like against the thunder, but in a lot of different spots, I feel like the officiating hadn't been great. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So who would you, uh, who do you think is our guy that we're going to buy a coop for this week? I feel like for Russ's three point explosion, he deserves a coop. And, uh, for also his, uh, anger explosions, he might need to, uh, simmer down. (laughs) With a uh, with a nice, a nice coop beverage, he give, needs give, a nice coop DNR to take him down a notch from yeah. throwing balls at us. Give him a couple DNRs and put him on the couch. I'm surprised you didn't buy uh, the whole blue team a bunch of coops. You've been loving the blue lately. I've been watching. You've been blue. Blue's number one fan. Alex <laughs> Caruso is good. Dakari Johnson, man. Oh wow! I, I've talked to some hey, people that I, think that Dakari Johnson, if there's, is going to be Cantor replacement. Well, yeah, that he'll be on the team. Really? Yeah. Dude, he's been killing it, man. You know, I I, I know I want to. I don't really want to do this, but I feel like it's a nice segue. You know, who's somebody I want to buy a, a coop for? That's different. Doesn't play for the Thunder. My man, Kyle Corver. Ooh. Kyle Corver, I'm going to buy him a coop and ship it now. You know, I feel like Kyle's probably got a refined palate with like a nice uh, stout. Um, so maybe that bourbon barrel stout, the uh, imperial stout that they've done, I think that'd be a great one. A little celebration uh, for for Kyle yeah. to get to a contender. Yeah, and he. So if you don't know, and you've somehow been living under a rock uh, in the last twelve hours or so, or twenty four hours, Kyle Corver got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers for uh, the corpse of Mike Dunleavy and a future first. Or was it a first this year? They're going to um, end up acquiring their first round pick from the Blazers to trade to them. Just it's kind of a roundabout way to trade their first round pick for this year. Yeah, and and Andrew said it yesterday. I think you nailed on the head. Like realistically, this is the Hawks doing a favor for Kyle Korver. Oh yeah, I mean they could have probably got more for Kyle Korver somewhere else, but they just felt like it was worth throwing him a bone and sending him to a team. Getting a first round pick in this deep draft for Kyle Korver that's pretty good. You think that's pretty? I, see, I don't know. I just don't know. I'm not. I'm not informed he's, enough about what's a good draft. He's 35. Uh, um, to get a first round pick for a 35 year old in this current, you know, cap climate where these first round picks are still worth a lot of, or still have a lot of worth. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a really good get for the Hawks, and it's a, it's a win win for the Hawks and for the Cavs, in my opinion. What does this What does this do for the Cavs? I think that it gives them a lot of relief uh, since Jared Smith is going to be out for possibly a majority of the regular season. Yeah, up to so, the playoffs. Yeah, so it gives them a guy that can step in and hit threes through the regular season, and then when Jr. gets back, I mean, you can spread the court. I mean, can you think of a guy that you'd be more terrified to have a wide open three point shot that's in the league right now than Kyle? Corbin? Yeah, there's not many. Yeah. I mean, there may be a, there. I mean, there's they're all all the guys on the Warriors are are one, um, but then <laughs> Corver is right up there. The dude can just shoot, and he'll be able to shoot forever. He'll be, I mean, he can play in the league for probably four or five more years if he wanted to, uh, like Ray Allen did, where if you just stay in good shape and you hit threes, then. You can, you know, you can stay on NBA court, and he's going to help the Cavs for sure. I mean, playing with LeBron 
uh, he's probably going to love it because <laughs> he's going to get a ton of wide open threes and he'll have games where he hits five or six threes in a game and help the Cavs get, you know, this could help the Cavs solidify the number one seed in which the Raptors were kind of creeping up on them. So I think that it just kind of helps them yeah. for sure in the regular season. And then playoffs become tougher because he's a guy that you kind of have to hide defensively. But I, I think they but, can figure it out. And the Cavs are still trying to fill in minutes with like James Jones and probably playing RJ a little too much. So yeah. now you have a guy like Corver who's playing 30 minutes a night anyway. So you can put him in there to fill in all those minutes and just trust him a lot more. And you don't have to play James Jones as much anymore, you know, and they would use him the same way that they're using James Jones and, and these other old guys and fill in role players anyway. So it's good. I like it for the Cavs. I think, I th- I think it makes huge. sense. Yeah. And it makes sense that they would trade that first rounder. Like it's great for the Hawks. Like you were saying, Andrew, but what do the Cavs need that for? Like, they're just going all out until James retires. You know, oh, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. how many, how many championships can we get until he can't get us there anymore? So it makes sense. I, I love it. I think it's a really good trade. Yeah. I think it just puts, I mean, they're just, they're so good and they're just going to be even better in my opinion. You're right. Like there's some defensive questions about that, right. Going into playoffs. And when you're playing a team like the warriors that has five guys in the court that can all, you know, all can get their own shot. They can shoot, you know, that, that creates some problems, but you have the equalizer, right? LeBron, like LeBron covers up any of those issues, right? <laughs> like it feels like he is just that good that, that that's, you can hide him because you have LeBron and he, and especially in the playoffs can guard all things in everywhere and all places, right? Like that's just who he is. And so I love that get and And the, the reason I also bring it up, I think is, is, the Thunder fan base, especially when you get in these three game skids, like this January is going to be the most trade speculating era in the history of the Thunder. Um, because every game where they don't play well or they go against Charlotte and you're like, there's just something missing. Uh, it's going to start this train of, of trade conversation. And and one of the big ones with the Hawks is, is it seems like they're ready to to pretty much get rid of almost everybody on their team. And, and Paul Millsap's the biggest prize out there. And you have every Thunder fan clamoring for us to figure out how to get Paul Millsap. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I would be excited if they traded for him, but I don't think they're going to. He's, Does it make sense? I think it makes sense if like your entire goal is to make the conference finals. But if you want to win a championship, I don't think that, Millsap move does that for you. And also long-term, like you want to pay Paul Millsap $36 million a year because that's what he's going to demand on the, on the market. He's 32 in a month. He turns 32. You'd be paying him 36 close, probably close to $40 million whenever he's, um, when he's 36. I don't know. What does Paul Millsap look like when he's 36? I have no idea. And does that fit? the? Is that really what he's going to demand he's gonna on the market? Him. Yeah, get a max. Really? Why not? Who's not going to pay? Like I mean, he's on the on the open market. I mean, Chandler Parsons got a max. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it just depends on. He's not a max. You know, I don't think he's like a max player, and with the idea that he, you know, is the best player on a championship team or the level of Westbrook or anybody like that, but. 
He's going to get a max from he's a team. He's going to get a max, yeah. And did the Thunder well, that's one pay him max? Probably not. No. And that's one of the things that people – so a lot, one of the destinations you hear a lot about is the Raptors, right? Like he'd be a perfect fit at that power forward position. And mm. But one of the issues is is, is the question – I can't remember maybe it was, I can't remember who brought it up, but I was listening to Sports Talk, and, and somebody said the issue is, is that that creates this kind of question at the end of the season where – do you sign Kyle? Like, what do you do with Kyle Lowry? Who's coming up? And and if you have Kyle Lowry and Millsap and DeMar DeRozan making over a hundred and some odd million dollars between the three of them, like, what do you do going forward in that? And I don't know. It's hard. Like that, that is a big, that's a big question. $36 million a year for a 32 year old power forward. Who's good. Like I like Paul Millsap. I think he's, I think he's really good, but God, that's a lot to tie your franchise up with. Yeah, I mean that. They're that's the team, outside of a trade, that's that's your team that you're committed to, and it's a good team. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think that's a really good team, and I think that Millsap have space the floor, but he also halts the development of your young bigs. I mean, Sabonis and Laverne and Grant. Like, he takes a majority of all of their minutes. I mean, you play Paul Millsap thirty minutes, thirty minutes plus a night you're taking almost all the minutes from all three of those guys. I think that Grant probably ends up playing more because he can play the three, but did the Thunder want to halt the development of a lottery pick last year, a guy in Laverne that they think they can develop, and then Jeremy Grant, who's still 22 and kind of a developing guy who can play three positions? I don't know. I don't I don't think so. That didn't sound like the Thunder at all to me. It sounds like a panicky move for a you know, a, a fan base that wants to be better. And I think it does make them better, but is it, is it worth the, the long-term repercussions? I, I tend to side with no, uh, yeah. but if you want to win this year, then yeah, for sure. I think that you, you challenge teams like the Clippers and the Rockets uh, for that second spot in the Spurs and you can maybe, maybe you can get there. I don't know. Yeah. Don't you feel Go ahead, Jay. No, so I was just going to say, like, the thing that's hard about it is for the Thunder, if we were more panicked, so the new CBA, and the only reason I know anything about CBA is because Zach Lowe and Brian Windhorst had that tremendous podcast they put out on the Low Post. But, yeah, like, having the, the reality that now, because of Russ being grandfathered into this new, you know, Mega Max or whatever they're calling it, to where basically they can offer him $40, $50 million more than any other team or whatever it is. Um, all of that to say that like that probably for me, if I was Presty, not that I think Presty functions in panic mode, but that brings down like my urgency for this year down a peg or two, right? Because you yeah. just didn't know. You felt like your time was limited. And so, yes, yeah, like go get Millsap. And how do you get somebody else to where you got to get there now? But now you can say, hey, what does Sabonis look like in two years with a 29-year-old or 30-year-old Russ versus what is Millsap tying up this and this and this? And and really, is there that much difference in a 34-year-old Millsap and a 23- or 24-year-old Sabonis? I, I think that gives a little more flexibility for the Thunder to be able to go forward. Yeah, and and if they wouldn't do that with Millsap, don't you think they would think about the Rudy Gay trade exactly the same way? Like the, it's the same issue, right? Rudy Gay comes over and then what we have to pay him or he goes for nothing. And now cam's gone and Rudy Gay is gone. Not that I would really want Rudy Gay to stay long-term anyway, but like, if that's the logic, if the Paul Millsap thing is, if that's a logic, then the Rudy Gay thing is like, 
a ways too. Yeah. There's just a lot of questions. And one of the things that's exciting is there's supposedly because of the new CBA and different things changing uh, in the league is that this trade deadline, the season that's really from now, I think the deadlines on the 23rd of February is just going to be uh, crazy, which is fun. It's my favorite, my favorite time of the NBA season other than playoffs is this time of the year. Yeah. It'll, it'll be, it should be crazy. There should be a lot of teams looking to bottom out and get, get a pick or get, you know, a young asset. Uh, This draft is really supposedly really good. And there's just, there's so many teams that are in the middle that if you can just sink to the bottom, like the Hawks are doing, then maybe a rebuild doesn't have to take forever. Uh, and you just mm-hmm. acquire young assets and you keep some of your guys. Cause the Hawks are going to be really bad after they trade Millsap. Yeah. And I think they're going to try to trade Dwight Howard. And I've been trying to think of places that he could go, maybe Charlotte, or I don't know if the Blazers could put together a package for him. Um, but they're going to, they're going to try to trade him. I don't know if they're going to be able to, but those are guys that seem to be on the move along, along with Tabo, who uh, I think could help a lot of teams. So, yeah, be... I can't wait for the Thunder to to trade Cantor for Brooke Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? I'd oh, be so mad. <laughs> that would so, be so funny. <laughs> well, that's kind of what's going on in the NBA right now. And, and it's going to be a fun couple weeks, except for, you know, whenever we watch the Thunder get a lot of moral victories and no W's in the win column. So, but it's time now for our top five power rankings, which come from at D tally power rankings live Dustin tally and uh, his top five power ranking is this Jokic had 11 assists in a few games or a few games ago which got me thinking who are your top five all-time thick daddy passers? I have to say something. Okay. Jokic is not a thick daddy. Nurkic is a thick daddy. Jokic, not a thick daddy. I'm going to go ahead and try to convince you that he is a thick daddy with one, oh. with one anecdote. <laughs> what? Before Jokic was in the NBA, he used to drink three liters of Coca-Cola Classic every day. Okay, oh here's the God. deal. And okay, he has the attitude. Don't, don't eight, glance over that, Taylor. Eight, eight and has, a half cans of Coke every day. <laughs> he has the attitude. He has the behavior. I'm saying that's there. you got to have the full package. The physical, he doesn't have the physicality that it takes to be a big, da- a thick daddy. Um, he don't, you can look at him and say, no, I'm sorry, Jokic. You might be like, your soul might be the thickest daddy soul ever. But your body just doesn't have it. Let's take a vote. I say he's thick. Oh, oh he's not thick. Just look at him. Come on. I, pr- I don't know. The Coke thing really sways me, Taylor. No, I know. It's he's a- not. Go look at him. He's not a thick daddy. A so here's he the doesn't really- even play like a thick daddy. Here's, like he- here's the final teeter for me. He's Eastern European. He is. Which gives you like an extra five or six bonus points in the thick daddy realm. And so therefore he is to me a thick daddy. Yes. Oh man. You should have said five or six Sabonis points. 
Oh, that's too good, man. I'm not oh, a man. Uh, okay, well, uh, that's dumb. Uh, he's in, and now top five thick daddy passers of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Number one's got to be Vlade Divac. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Incredible yeah. passer. Dude is so fun to watch. Uh, number two, Boris Diaw. He's thin. Yes. <laughs> He's a passer. He's a daddy. Uh, number three, Charles Barkley. Underrated, mm-hmm. thick daddy passer. Dude could pass the ball. Number four. The average, like, go ahead. Marcus Gasol. Yes, that's the one I was going to say for He's sure. He's a great passer, and he's a mm-hmm. thick daddy. The last mm-hmm. spot. I had a hard time with. I really wanted to include Lamar Odom. I'm not sure he's thick enough. Uh, he is now. He is now. <laughs> now he is. That's just sad. <laughs> he's a thick saddie. It's he's a, a thick saddie. Oh, oh. He is a thick saddie. I thought oh. about Shaq, who was an underrated passer in his career. Thought about the only Joe- reason I thought about Shaq is because of the he used to have the the Shawshank or the Shaw uh, yeah the Shawshank Redemption yeah. It was that pass he'd always make over the back to Brian Shaw. Anyway, that's all I thought about. He's he was a good passer, I thought. Yeah. Uh, Joe Kim Noah and Pau Gasol. Ultimately, I went with Antoine Walker. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, Antoine Walker. Me, what position was he? Was he a power forward? Four. He's a four. Uh, he played the three some, but he's Dude, but this, he's a four. Streaky shooting. God. He was a thick daddy, man. He was. I want to say, too, the original thick daddy, if he just played more minutes, he was a really good passer. Arvidas was a great passer. Oh, yeah. Ar- he just yeah. didn't play that much. Yeah, he could. He should make the list. Yeah. Um, he just is the top of all lists, and so we can't include him in that's every right. list. He's the king. Oh, he's he's just god of, of thick <laughs> yeah. daddies, no matter it's what like, we talk about. Yeah, exactly. He's the trump card, man, always. I, always th- I also thought about Detlef Shrimp who could pass the ball, but he played a lot of small forward. Yeah. He's not he a thick be, daddy. He is not a thick daddy. He's not, he's not super thick, but I did think about him. Okay. okay. Hey, <laughs> is, is Julius Randall gonna, Oh, DeMarcus cousins is a good passer when he wants to be. So he's a yeah. top, I'll put him on top 10 list. Um, what do we think of Julius Randall? Could he, could he become a thick daddy? He's not one yet, but he has potential, yeah. right? Give him some time. It's hard to say. That's tell. what he's I'm got, saying. He's got some thick, thick daddy potential. I he's like daddy in training. That's good. Well, thank you, D Tally, for that. <laughs> now it's that was, that was enjoyable. I I sent a text message before we got started. I said, "This is a hard top five power ranking, but never fear." Andrew took care of it, and Don't we're worry. good to go. So <laughs> now it's time for some Twitter questions. Twitter questions. All right, our first Twitter question comes from at that true talk. Can we get the ball into Oladipo's hands more? I'm sick of seeing him spotting up for long periods as Russ hoists Russ hoists up shots. Uh, I would love to see him get the ball in a pick and roll more. He actually did a little bit last night, mm-hmm. uh, and I'd like to see it more. I think it would add something to this team that they're like really missing is just. Uh, someone else that can make something happen. And Vic can do that, but he's kind of been made into like a glorified three and D kind of guy this season. And I think he's, but he's better than that and deserves a shot to have the ball more. And yeah, I, I totally agree with that true talk that 
they need to get the ball in his hands and even run Russ off the ball, almost like decoy style, because uh, you know that the team is going to follow Russ wherever he goes. So uh, it'd be fun to have him and Russ and Abrinas out there with some space, with Cantor specifically running a pick and roll and kind of see how that goes, because I think it would be nearly impossible to stop. So, Yeah, and I think that the bigger question that that, that True Talk is kind of getting to is, uh, Russ still, and I think, was it your resolution or was it, it uh, John Hams? But Russ has to trust his teammates more in in the clutch, like toward the end of the game. And there's times like just heaving up shots that are unnecessary, forcing ball the ball where it doesn't need to go. Like sometimes it's okay to pass the ball, right? Like, and we trust Russ. Like I want Russ to be the guy that takes the last shot. But if you can get the ball, you have guys that aren't awful that can make some shots and we just got to, he's got to trust some of those guys a little bit more, which I think comes with time and experience. Cause really it's the first time still Russ is dealing with that, that pressure, you know, but um, it's been a little frustrating to me, especially in these last few games where he's just, just forcing stuff. Um, yeah. And but, it's hard. And it's kind of hard to remember that these guys really haven't played with each other very much. And yeah. there's not a ton of cohesion with this team even though there's been points in time this season that has kind of looked like it. But you look at like a team like the Raptors, who, who you wouldn't say like have a roster that fits particularly well and have players that you think would play well together. They've played together for a long time, and they've really put it together because they just know each other's games and they know how you know where each guy likes their shots and all that kind of stuff. And that takes time, and the Raptors have kind of shown that, that you know they they're one of the best teams in in the league. And a lot of it is that they've had so much experience together and the Thunder mm-hmm. yeah. don't have that at all. Really? Yep. 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 You know, what's all right. Next. Go ahead. Sorry. Is, uh, Vic is actually taking more field goal attempts this year than he did last year on Orlando, which was a little surprising to me considering he was what the second best player on the team Orlando so in Orlando, them. maybe probably the best. That team was so that, that team. Dude, I didn't so stupid. I mean, they put him to the bench. And they've also put Alfred Payton to yeah. the bench. Like, it's a, it's a weird team. They're a weird franchise. Victor Oladipo should have been yeah. a better star there, but he wasn't. Yeah. And then they just traded him for nothing, pretty much. So, all right. Next couple of questions from at Johnny for USC. Uh, it's frustrating. West is frustrating Westbrook early by roughing him up. Going to be a strategy for other teams like Memphis and Charlotte did. Yeah, I mean, if you can if you can rough up Westbrook and kind of cut off his passing lanes and force him to take bad shots, I think that's like the best strategy. Because when he's mm-hmm. getting others involved and he's getting to the spots that he wants to, then the Thunder have a really good chance to win. But if you're if you are roughing him up, I mean, Memphis is the best example of that. They got him so frustrated, he got thrown out of the game. Basically, them and the refs <laughs> got him so frustrated. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's the strategy. I don't think that every team has the personnel to do that. Uh, I don't think that the Rockets really had the personnel to do it last night. Uh, but there's specific teams that are going to be able to rough them up and play good defense. I think, you know, Kid Gilchrist is a guy that can really frustrate guys, and the Grizzlies as a team do that. So I think it's a good strategy. I just don't know that everybody can pull it off. 
Yeah, I think for sure, if you rough them up, what you do is you shut off, you, you turn them into scoring mode, you know, like you get him frustrated and he just wants to score everything. And so now for sure, he's not going to be passing and get his, getting his teammates involved, but he could go out and put 50 on you, you know, and maybe almost win the game like he did last night. I mean, that was, we came back and he was so hot, like, and they, they were trying to frustrate him and he was taking some bad shots, but it almost didn't like, it almost went against the Rockets last night. And I think that can happen to some teams, but you know, for sure, roughing him up shuts off like half of his game. So why not just do that and then take your chances and hoping that he has a bad shooting night. Yeah. And that's where you'd want uh, Vic to be able to take over a little bit more when yeah. Russ is frustrated and, you know, get him some rest on the offensive end. But uh, Russ doesn't really seem to take to that anyway, so it may not ever happen. <laughs> yeah, good luck telling him that. So uh, next word of questions from at Robbie underscore Bennett. Okay, is it just me or do y'all also find it a little weird when Abrinus rubs his own chops after making a three? Let the bench do it. I kind of love yeah. it. <laughs> no, dude, there is nothing Abrinus can do that would I would say is wrong. So nothing. <laughs> he's been great. He's been a lot of fun. He's he's not only just like a spot up shooter, but he's a really really smart player that knows where to be and knows how to make cuts and can shoot off the dribble a little bit too. So I I love him and I love his chop rubbing. I, I just think so, that he needs to. He can be our Rudy. Our what? Rudy our for... Rudy. What are you doing right now? Rudy. <laughs> oh, I know what you're doing. I didn't get okay. that for a moment. I uh, so here's the question. <laughs> so I was watching, as we were watching the Hornets play, um, Marco Bellinelli, like, is that a bad comp? Like, would you be let down if he became Marco Bellinelli? Yeah. Yeah. You think he could be better? I'd hope he'd be better. Marco Bellinelli so your... has, hasn't, hasn't stuck on a lot of NBA teams. and That's true. I, I mean, he... What's your ceiling? What's your ceiling for, for him? I think he's a J.J. Redick type of player. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. That'd be awesome. I think that he could be... be better than Bellinelli. But I think that's kind of his floor, is to have a Marco Bellinelli career. That's not bad. Fine shooter, really bad defender, uh, not always a great decision maker. I think that Abrina is going to be better than that. All right. Next sort of questions from I, John 30. What are each of you guys' day jobs, and which Thunder player would you call to fill in for you on your day off? J-Mon? I work at a church. I am the associate pastor at my church. And for me, who would be able to fill my role? Probably Captain Feathery. Um, I just feel like Victor Oladipo would really connect well with our staff and the people of our church. Captain Feathery? What? Mr. Feathery, what's his name? Mr. Mr. Feathery. (laughs) Captain, I do not (laughs) know what you're saying. Captain Feathery. Mr. Feathery. That's my own nickname for him, especially when he would take my job. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who else. You know, Victor can sing. He'd be a part of, you know, putting together services. He'd be good. He's you know good. what Vic's full name is? Victor? Kehinde okay. <laughs> Babatunde Victor Oladipo. Yeah. Oh, how about that? Cool. cool. Captain Feathery. Captain Feathery. <laughs> um, 
I work for a place called Whitefields. I'm the education coordinator for them. Uh, we uh, we have boys that are uh, in DHS custody that live on our campus. They're all boys that have been in really bad situations, kind of fallen through the gaps of the system. And so I'm the education coordinator for them. That means I do all things education for Whitefields. And I would call Josh Hustis to come and... Uh, take my job because I think he's uh, really smart and he knows some psychology stuff and could probably be helpful in that situation. Mm. I'm a, I own a screen printing shop with a couple other guys. And so we make t-shirts and posters and cards and whatever. Uh, and so I would have, let's see, I probably have Steven Adams in there and not that I think he'd be good at it, but I think it's like, you know, when you're in the print shops, there's a lot of like, you know, BSing with the boys, oh, listening yeah. to music, laughing, making jokes. And I think he'd be best in that in that uh, in that situation. He would really fit in. He would. They would love it. Cool. 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 <laughs> Great question. Cool. Our last other question comes from at Cole underscore Hickson. Should Andrew Robertson try shooting free throws underhanded? Yes. Why not? Yeah. Overhanded is any, not working. Give anything a shot. Yeah. Right? Like, what? what's there to lose? Could you look there, more stupid than missing that many free throws? Just if he shot underhand and he made them, that would be super cool. It would help this team a lot. Yeah. Did you and guys? he would also, he'd get a lot of replays on SportsCenter. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just saw that picture of fat Antoine Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about you, Taylor? You uh, ever tried an underhanded free throw? Yeah, I suck at it. But did you guys uh, listen to that <laughs> podcast with Malcolm Gladwell and uh, Bill Simmons when they were talking about underhand free throws? Yeah, Gladwell did like a whole like little thing on his podcast yeah. where he talked about how um, oh, Will Chamberlain shot underhanded yeah. free throws for a little while and it worked but he felt like he looked like an idiot and so he stopped and continued to be a bad free throw shooter mm-hmm. and i don't think Andre's so, like that i don't think andre would care that much nope but what so then why not do it i don't know you have that guy on the rocket who's doing it and people are like yeah. pleasantly you know they like it i think people like it i like it do it andre all right all right, I'll call him. I'll see if he'll train, change, change over to that. So, all right, now it's time for our say what stat of the week. No oh, trade calls. Oh, trade calls. Sorry, it was not on my rundown. Sorry, that's all right. <laughs> hey guys, guess what? It's time for trade calls. Someone's got to be Wes Wilcox of the. Uh, Atlanta Hawks. Tayshawn. Okay. What is what is Wes? What is he? I want you to like. I just want you to think about his name and then just just come up with something really good on your own. Wes Wilcox. That's oh wow! What a dweeb! All right, all right. He looks like a dang nerd. Okay, I got him. Okay. All right. Ring, 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 ring. Uh, hello hey it's dan van oh hi stan 
How's your team doing? Uh, I, I don't think good. Good, not not good now. Well, we need yeah, to Reg, Reggie kind of sucks. Oh, <laughs> pardon my language. I have to be extra. Na- We've had some issues with some GMs in the past. So they've hired me to be extra vanilla, and I look so not intimidating or strong at all. So you're ready to do a trade? <laughs> yeah, you could probably do anything you want. Tobias Harris, Reggie Bullock for Paul Millsap. Sure. Let's do it, Stan. What do you think about that, really? <laughs> Tobias and Reggie Bullock? Yeah, I mean, Reggie Bullock just like just helps us get to Filler. $19 million. I would I would take other calls still. I don't mind that, actually. I love Tobias Harris. Yeah, you got him on a uh, three-year deal. He's young, a lot younger than Paul is. Yeah. I'd roll the dice. Uh, I'd want to see. I'd go back to that, though. I'd see other offers, but I'd go back to it. Okay. Uh, what do you think? You you like that for Detroit? Oh, yeah. They would, okay. they would, he would really help Detroit. Detroit has – I mean, they got other problems, but, yeah, I'm with they you. they got to trade Reggie, man. Reggie Reggie sucks. <laughs> Reggie freaking sucks. Uh, ring, 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 ring. Uh, hell, wow, what a good day talking to two people in one day. Hello. Dale Dimps. Hi, Dale. Uh, Pelicans is my team. Uh, just in case you forgot. <laughs> you didn't know. Uh, I want to trade you Solomon Hill and uh-huh. Etwan Moore for Paul Millsap. For, and a first-round pick. First-round pick of this this draft. Mm. Solomon Hill, Etwan Moore, and a first-round pick. That's pretty nice of you to offer me that for Paul Millsap. Um, sure. <laughs> Are you going to do sure, this every trade? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you uh, think of that? No, I, I, I don't like Solomon Hill and Etwan Moore. I like the first rounder, but if you gave me something a little more substantial, like if you gave me, I don't know. I'm trying to think what? of the Pelicans rocket. Buddy? Well, I just don't think, maybe not even Buddy in a first rounder. Did you know that Buddy was the uh, rookie of the month? This last year, or this last year, this last month. Really? Yeah. He's been doing better? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe yeah. I'd consider it. That game uh, in OKC I, where he played really well kind of ignited him. I'd mm-hmm. do Buddy in a first-round pick for Paul. Yeah, you at least want some players that you can kind of build something off of. Like, Etwan Moore and Solomon Hill, that just that doesn't do anything. You know, a first-rounder uh, is nice, but you got to get some kind of potential player like that. I actually just take that back. I don't think I would. Yeah, it's kind of a crappy trade. Yeah, because I just think, buddy, you still got him on a cheap contract, you know, and and if you do feel like he has the potential to be, you know, a good starting uh, shooting guard. Anyway, I don't know. I'm not the one that's making this trade. Uh, ring, ring, also, ring. they don't ring, ring, ring. ring. Hello, 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 <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Oh, hello, Devlade here. Yes. Vlade, do you? Uh, hello, how are you today? Uh, I am fun basketball time with you today. Okay, I respect you and your heritage. No issues from the Hawks. Many thanks to you. You want a cigarette? I respect you as much as anyone else, no matter what you look like. I send you e-cigarette through my phone. Hold on. (laughs) 
Uh, Ooh, that's pretty good. Is that from your home country? The basketball trade of Paul Millman for Aaron Aflalo, the Ben McLemore, and the Willie Colley Stein from the basketballs to you from me. <laughs> uh, Willie Colley Stein's a fun name to say. And uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awful trade. They shouldn't consider that. The Kings apparently want to get him. If they throw a first-round pick at him, they probably do it. Especially the Kings' first-round pick, yeah. The Kings have just have awful players. Yeah, they have bad assets. And what would suck is that they would not trade DeMarcus. Wouldn't even mm-hmm. consider it if they got Paul Mills out. But I don't think they would make the. I still don't think that. I mean, they might make the playoffs. That eighth spot is just up for grabs. But you know what I'm kind of like this happen. Go ahead, Jay. Demarcus is going to be a king for his entire career. It's very possible yeah. with the new CBA. If he just wants to make a ton of money and be in an organization where he can do whatever the heck he wants, then yeah, it yep. makes sense. Yep. Uh, ring, 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 yep. ring, ring, ring. Hello, Daryl Boy. Dar- Hello, Daryl from Boston. How's weather? Daryl, uh, the Houston Rockets, Daryl Boy. Oh, Daryl Mo. <laughs> Whoopsie. Got a new job a few years ago. Believe it or not. Hello. Hello. I thought you were the Jew. Oh, my God. Oh, no. No, they're going to fire me. Um, okay. Okay, Paul Millsap. I'll give you Montrez Harrell, Corey Brewer. And Trevor Ariza for Paul Millsap. No, no, thank you. <laughs> I just think the Hawks have to get the Hawks have to get more first rounders. Like if they're just shutting everything down, or a prospect. Yeah. So Montrez Harrell's the prospect, and then you have Ariza. It's a, it's an awful trade for the Hawks. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. Like I would ask for like a Sam Decker. Like, not that that would still be good, yeah. but... the salary, I couldn't make the salaries work to include him. That's why I didn't want to include Ariza, because I think the, the Rockets want to keep him, but the, they don't have enough, like, high-salaried guys that they'd want to trade to include in the deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, ring, 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 ring. Two more. Hello. Hello. Uh, Masai. Mm. It's getting serious. Uh, we really do want Paul Millsap. We want to make a run. At the Cavs. Mm. Mm. So I'm going to offer you Terrence Ross, Jared Sullinger, who's only on a one-year deal, and our first-round lottery pick, Jakob Pertl. Mm-hmm. Now that is very interesting. Terrence Ross, really good deal. Three years left on a $10 million per contract. You're not going to find value like that in a wing in the entire league. Well, I actually think Jared Sellinger is good, too. I like all oh three of those God. players. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jakob Pertl is the one that you're super interested in. Oh, yeah, Jakob. He's, he's really good at making you say the name Jacob in a weird way. Mm. Jakob Pertl. Jacob Pertl. Uh, sure, let's do it. <laughs> I think that that's what they're going to offer, something like that. And I don't know if the Hawks will buy it or not. We'll see. Um, last one. Ring, 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 ring. 
Hello. Tim Connolly. Hello, Tim. Um, we'd like to offer you a package of players and a first-round pick for Paul Millsap. Mm. That package includes Wilson Chandler, Jameer Nelson, and Will Barton, and a first-round pick for Paul Millsap. No, I just don't. Uh, what's their first-round pick look like? Um, we ha- they have a couple. It could be probably a mid-first-round pick. <sighs> no. So, they could probably put together something better than that, but that's where I would start if I was dead. Yeah. So. Yeah. You might and don't hear, like. Uh, can you hear my child yelling in the background? A little bit. Okay, that's fine. I just wondered. <laughs> okay, uh, Paul Millsap. For Chandler, um, Joseph Nurkic, um, Will Barton. And is that it? And a first round pick. See, that's way better to me. It's a lot better. Because, yeah, Nurkic is, that is way better. I would, I would probably, I would consider that a lot more. And the thing is that if you're Denver, then you have Paul Millsap, Gallinari, mm-hmm. Kenneth Fareed. You still have um, Moutier, Jamal Murray, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Gary Harris, Malik Beasley, and Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you, yeah. like, you they still can't have so trade many enough guys for their team to, like, not make sense still. Like, it's yeah. it's crazy. Well, and guys for the Hawks, like, Nurkic, if you get Nurkic and Will Barton and a first-rounder, that's way better if you're trying to rebuild. Because Will Barton's still young. Nurkic, obviously, is still young, younger, you know. And then that first rounder, that's a lot nicer. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense for them. Yeah. And then you can move on from Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, yeah. and then you're going to move on from Splitter because he's expiring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't think you can play Joseph Nurkic and Jokic together. They've kind of proven that this year. And yeah. Um, Nurkic just lost a ton of minutes and I think he would welcome a trade too. So I think the Nuggets make the most sense of any team if they do want him because they can offer the biggest package that includes picks and young guys Mm -hmm. and uh, higher salaried vets to make the trade work. So that's, that would be my expectation is that they're, if they do go after him, that the Nuggets would get him. But don't you think Paul Millsap would hate going to the Nuggets? Like at this point in your career, like he wants to win. He wants know? to go to Boston. Like that's who he wants to go to. Yeah, he to wants Boston. To go, he yeah, like, with Al Horford. Well, just somewhere he can go and like, hey, I can be in the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe have a shot. Like if something goes the right way, to make like he wants to go win. That's got to be part of it, you know, yeah. to where he can play with those guys and and then Boston can give one of their picks away, you know, and then maybe. Marcus Smart or something. You know, I don't know. I don't know what would be the next fit, but that's all I can think of is God going to Denver. What does that do for Denver either? Because that just keeps Denver in that. Yeah. Maybe they make the eight seed. Maybe they, they get the up eight seed. But they yeah. put, they made a big push for him last year. Yeah, you're right. So, um, uh, but if you're like Boston's so tough because like they don't want to give up Jay Crowder. I don't know that they would give up Marcus Smart. So yeah. if you're Atlanta, <coughs> do you do? Let's see. Amir Johnson, Jarebko, and Kelly Olenek. No way. Because they're not going to put Avery Bradley in that trade. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's just hard. Like the Boston Celtics are like the biggest tease in the league because every year they say they're in they're in it to trade for, you know, a big star, but they've never done it. And it's because they're reluctant to trade any of these guys. They're not trading Jalen yeah. Brown. They're not trade I don't maybe they trade Marcus Smart. I don't think they would. And then if you're Atlanta, do you want Marcus Smart with Dennis Schroeder? You can't play those guys together. Mm-mm. It's just tough. I don't I, I know that Boston would probably like to have Paul Millsap. I just don't think they're going to give a package that's anywhere close to what like Denver or really yeah. any of these You're other right. teams have will step. So it kind of depends on what Atlanta wants to do, right? Like mm. if Atlanta kind of wants to throw him a bone, like they did Corver, which there's eventually a point where you can't do that, but you're right. Like it still is something they got good. Like it'd have to be a first from, from Boston. It'd have to yeah. be, you know, there'd have to be something in it for him. So they're not just going to give him away just for the, Oh, let's be nice and screw our own franchise. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. You can't do that for every player. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, my assumption is that Boston won't make any huge moves and that they will, uh, just take these next two. these Brooklyn picks will become Boston Celtic players. Cause I don't think you trade either one of those picks for Paul Millsap for a year of Paul Millsap and then the right to resign him for 36 million. I don't even think that he really fits this team or their timeline. No. All that well. But especially with the top of this draft, supposedly, right? Like this next draft is supposed to be incredible. Yeah. And so if you can get in the two picks or at least a pick in the lottery or top three, even like that's pretty freaking, that's way better than probably Paul Millsap for this team in my, in my opinion. But all right, it's time for our say what stat of the week. Say what? Say what? Say what? Say what? Say what? In lieu of the Say What Stat of the Week, I'm going to play a stat game with you guys. Ooh, okay. Woo-hoo. It's called Positive or Negative. You have to tell All me right. if uh, these three players for the Thunder are posting a positive or posting positive or negative, and that's just their points minus the uh, their opponent points. So they're three-man mm-hmm. units. So all you have to do is say positive or negative. Keep your own score. Here we go. Okay. Russell Westbrook, Andre Robertson, Jeremy Grant, plus or minus. Positive. Positive. It's negative point six. Oh. oh. Uh, next one. <laughs> Russell Westbrook, Anthony Morrow, Stephen Adams, positive or negative? Positive. Yeah, positive. Negative three point four. Oh my oh. gosh. That's bad. You're showing Mor- us the Morrow, truth. Morrow has not had a good season. He's had good he's had a few good games, but he has not had a good uh, season. Yeah. Next one. Russell Westbrook, Andre Robertson, Ennis Cantor. That's positive for sure. Negative. It's positive. It's uh, actually the best po- it's the uh, the highest um plus or minus for three man groups. They're plus ten. Yeah. Wow. Play Robertson and Cantor together more. Yeah. yeah. Let Robertson yeah. play the four next to Cantor. I'd love to see that more. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Uh, next one Russ, Robertson, and Adams. Negative. Negative. It's positive. Positive three. Hey. Four. Good. <laughs> I just kept thinking they're all going to be crap. <laughs> I know. But the, isn't this interesting? Uh, yes. So Russ, Robertson, Cantor is plus 10. And then Russ Robertson Adams is plus three point four. Mm. I thought that was really interesting. They've both played; both those groups have played a lot of minutes together. Uh, next one: Joffrey, 
Cantor, and Samaja Christian? Negative. Positive. Negative, of course. It's a negative 11.1. <laughs> that's awful. That's horrible. <laughs> I don't think there was a positive lineup with Kristen in it. Um, and the last one, Robertson, Morrow, and Adams. Negative. Negative. Totally negative. Negative 7.5. So bad. Totally. <laughs> Anthony Morrow was Gross. another guy that was in a lot of negative lineups. That sucks. He just... He really looked like he was a lot better this year for a little bit. For like a week, he looked great. Yeah. Oh, well, I think I won. I got all those right. So <laughs> You did. You were, you did beat me, at least. That's all I know. Uh, congratulations, Taylor. You uh, you get to stay on our podcast. Yay. Whoa, and wow, the this, stakes were much higher than I yeah, was so you guys assuming. Didn't know. Jay, you're off. You're <laughs> this, on this, will be, this will be my last one, guys. Jay's so. last pod. Jay, it's been nice. I know. Well, that's all right. Hey, guys, speaking of things that make me miffed and peeved. What? Getting kicked off the pod would make me miffed and peeved. You guys have go- miffed, miffed and peeved this week? Miffed. 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 Miffed and peeved. Oh, my whole family uh, was sick over the weekend and Monday and Tuesday, and it was absolute misery. Mostly because my son, my youngest son, he's two. Uh, he refuses to let me take care of him when he's sick, and my wife and him were sick, and so my wife had to take care of him while she was sick, and then I would try to take care of him, and it was just a, it was a complete disaster for just days on end. Oh my god! And he had that uh, he had this cough where he would wake up for two nights in a row. He woke up literally every five minutes coughing. Is it whooping yeah, cough? Whooping? He had um. Uh, it's not whooping cough. No, it's uh, no croup. Yeah, croup. Oh, croup. Uh, he had the my wife. A super miffed. My wife. My wife had a double ear infection this week. Your wife is and a baby. Nice. Is it? She is a child. <laughs> uh, no, she said the doctor went in or the doctor looked at it as like, "Will you win the award?" And so she's got an award now for the worst ear infections that she's seen. Oh, ew. That's like yeah, just so. What board. happened? She had a sinus infection, and we came. We went skiing. We came down off the mountain, and when normal ears adjusted, hers just like stopped functioning and just like got infected. So oh, no, that sucks. So she's I, been she's been in the hospital for for the last two weeks. No, she has not. <laughs> no, she hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> My miffed and peeved man. So. I uh, went to the physical therapist. I had like a, my hand was kind of going numb and went to physical therapist and or went to the doctor <laughs> and they said, they said, uh, I have basically like carpal tunnel, but in my elbow. So it's like ulna tunnel syndrome or something. And I got fitted for a brace and they gave me a brace, which I sleep with, uh, which is number one, embarrassing. And number two is doesn't hurt anymore. And so I stopped using it. Got a bill from the physical therapist who literally gave me a brace. The cost of the brace was four hundred dollars. Oh, uh, they didn't tell you? Bull. No, and insurance covered like a hundred ninety of it, and so my out of pocket expense for a brace a hundred and ninety six dollars. <laughs> I was furious, and so I've called like everybody. I've called the ther- like I called their headquarters. I am like screaming at everybody I can because that's the most ludicrous thing I could imagine. And I've used that word like fifteen times. The <laughs> price of this thing is ludicrous. 
nobody cares. Nobody cares. You found it no on Amazon cares. for twenty bucks. I absolutely did. <laughs> oh, that's so annoying. I uh, I went to the courthouse yesterday because I got pulled over and didn't have my insurance card in my car. Oh, so I had to go to the courthouse to show proof of insurance. Have you guys been to like the courts at like the county courthouse? Yes. Oh my god. Have you been to the traffic court, which is right across from the drug court? Uh, I haven't been to traffic court, no. Okay. So I had to go up there to show the judge. Drug court, like this whole hallway is filled with like all people that smell like so much cigarette smoke. And these are not people that are like, you know, punk potheads. These are like some serious drug issued people. And then there's like scary place, man. It's scary up there and it's dark and it's like people are yelling and it is a bad place. I felt really bad. And no one who works in the courthouse is helpful at all. Everyone's like, all right, go up to floor, go up floor six, 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 oh two. Like what? They're like, go up to floor six, go to six, oh two. It is a miserable place to be. It's not like it's on TV at all. No, 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 no. I don't, it's a dirty place. It's got sad people in it. It's got lawyers in it. It's a it's a bad place to be. I was miffed. I had, I was in there for like an hour and a half, going back and forth looking for stuff, and people yelling at me. It was bad. I hated it. Uh, well, thanks for listening to our podcast today. You can follow <laughs> us on Twitter at D Two D Podcast. Leave us a five star iTunes review, and uh, have a have a wonderful day and enjoy the snow if you're in OKC. Okay.